I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. What's going to happen tonight? What's going to happen? We're going to whoop their What's up, y'all? Welcome on into the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Wes Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. As you can tell by the truncated version of this intro, this is a recruiting edition of the Go Vols 24-7 podcast. Happy Monday afternoon. Hope y'all are doing well out there. Not just me on this podcast. Uh, from his clown car full of children, home daycare center across town, we got Ryan Callahan, and Ryan, people can probably guess this, but uh, since it's me and you, what's going on? Yeah, Tennessee got another commitment uh, for the first time in a little while, but uh, as we get closer to early signing day, we kind of, you always assume there's going to be some activity, and sure enough, they've made another addition to their 2021 class. Uh, lineman Amari McNeil of Peachtree Ridge High School of Suwannee, Georgia, uh, committing to the Vols uh, after getting an offer from them Less than three weeks ago, this is one of those uh, several offers they've handed out in recent weeks that uh, that, that ended up working out. And, and an interesting guy with uh, obviously part of Tennessee's main recruiting footprint in the southeast. Obviously, the Atlanta area always going to be sort of part of Tennessee's home base and uh, and a school they're familiar with. Uh, Peachtree Ridge produced uh, Nigel Warrior several years ago. Uh, and, and actually has a, has a Tennessee connection now on staff in former Vol Anthony Sessions. Um, so an interesting tie there, but a guy that Tennessee you know kind of found this season. He's gotten a few Power Five offers lately. Washington State was the first just a couple days before Tennessee. Tennessee offered, and then uh, I, I think you know pretty quickly uh, after that offer, Tennessee emerged as as kind of the team to beat. And uh, you know he got he got an offer from Minnesota. Uh, a little more than a week after that, but I don't think anyone was able to to unseat Tennessee, and, and he decided, uh, you know, just need, need to go ahead and make my decision. And uh, so Tennessee gets a, a, a pretty pretty uh, good sized guy around six four two eighty that could could fit in on either side of the ball, as we'll discuss a little more in a minute. But uh, but t- Tennessee sounds like it's it's recruiting him as a defensive lineman um, for you know in part because he wants to play there, but also because he's maybe capable of playing on either side. So, uh, so an, an interesting pickup here and under the radar guy, uh, obviously that Tennessee is hoping will, uh, maybe prove to be kind of a steal in this class, but certainly, a, a, a an interesting late addition. And, and, and we'll see if this turns out to be, uh, a, a really nice hidden gem for Tennessee and in, in, in this class as, uh, as one of the, you know, maybe the final additions to this class as we get closer to early signing day. Yeah, Ryan, I'll be honest with you. I, I'm going to, I'm going to say a few things here. One, I don't want to. Um, I don't. I don't want to beat around the bush on this. Tennessee has been in on some big, big time 
very, very highly touted offensive lineman in this cycle. They got a, a couple good ones committed, um, but but this is obviously not like a five-star type guy. Uh, so I'm just going to throw that out there at the beginning. I'm going to say, listen, guys, this is not a five-star guy, okay? I'm going to say, but I'll, then I'll also say this, because this, this is just as true as the thing I just said. Offensive linemen are so, so tough to evaluate and there are that's why you see offensive linemen drafted from schools all across the country d2 d3 fbs fcs uh and including you see a top five here that uh of of the ones we have indicated as warm anyway you got memphis you got north carolina a&t minnesota washington i can tell you three of those four schools have had linemen drafted recently i mean it does happen so i don't know I mean, Tennessee's had a lot of five-star, five, four-star type linemen who who did not end up being that great, and they've had some two- and three-star linemen who ended up being really, really good players. So I, I, I'm not going to sit here and sugarcoat this and say, oh, man, this is the guy Bama and Georgia wanted and A&M and Auburn and LSU and Tennessee got in there. No, this is not one of those types, but I don't know, especially at this position, how much that means. Yeah, and we've seen this – before a little bit, right, with Tennessee's staff, I, I feel like they, uh, they they have a tendency to sort of pull a rabbit out of the hat somewhat with uh, with an off-the-radar guy uh, t- down the stretch at times. Uh, and this staff, I think, feels confident in its evaluations. So I, I'm sure to some people this might look like uh, might, might look like reaching, but I, I don't think given Tennessee's track record, you can say that at all because uh, just think back to Jeremy Pruitt's first recruiting class – Karat Garland, uh, you know, that, that was a guy that nobody knew about. And then Tennessee found him and he turned out to be a pretty useful player on the defensive line. So, uh, yep. you know, it's fi- finding someone like that in the Atlanta area. And this may be another similar situation that, uh, you know, we, we've kind of talked about this earlier in the year. I think this is the reason you definitely can't discount, uh, the possibility that Tennessee's found a pretty good player here. And I, and I'll say this, I like what I've seen from him on film. He's got pretty good film on both sides of the ball. So yeah, I, I you, you, some... you've probably watched – I guarantee you've watched more of it than I have. I've only watched uh, some, but, I mean, you can see some ability there. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a pretty athletic guy, and, and you can certainly see the potential to play on, on either side of the ball. Um, as with most two-way linemen, you know, I'm, I'm sure there's a reason most teams have been recruiting him as an offensive lineman. Bingo. You, you, t- you take a guy who's got uh, enough athleticism to play on the defensive line and having enough on the defensive line is usually having really good athleticism on the offensive line. So teams tend to gravitate toward the side where a player maybe has more upside in that way. But uh, it, it's, it might be kind of like, you know, the, the other comparison that comes to mind, certainly not in terms of body shape and build, um, but RJ Perry last year signing with Tennessee as a, as a defensive lineman found his way to the offensive line pretty quickly once he got to Tennessee, maybe he's bounced around a little bit, but he's he's you know spent most of his time on the offensive line. It sounds like, and uh, and that's that's something that you could maybe see with Amari, Amari McNeil. But Tennessee only has a couple of defensive linemen in this class. Uh, we've also seen them before recruit some guys like Omari Thomas. You know, a lot of people thought for uh, the early you know, the first year or year and a half of his recruitment, a lot of people thought he was maybe a better offensive line prospect than he was on the defensive line. He made it clear, though, he wanted to play on the defensive line. Tennessee was willing to to go that route with him and always liked him on defense, too. And he's so far, he's made it work in college. He's been a pretty effective player as a freshman. So it can work out with those types of guys in a 3-4 system, especially where you need bigger-bodied type guys. As long as they've got the athleticism, and I think Amari McNeil does, 
I, I think it could work out. So th- this is not a, I, I don't look at this and I don't think fans should look at this and say, uh, this, this doesn't look that impressive. I, I think you have to assume Tennessee's made some good moves with those types of players. So I, I think you can say this has a chance of being a pretty nice pickup for Tennessee and, and potentially a steal again in a year where no one got to hold any camps in the summer. No one got to go out and see players in person this fall or during the spring evaluation period. This is the type of guy that might have just gone unfound this year until November uh, by some major programs, at least. Hey, hey the, the, it, the most consistent offensive tackle Tennessee's had for the past few years is a guy who was a two-star who started his career at Rhode Island. Yep, absolutely. And, 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 that's, and, and, uh, and he has been a more consistent player than at least two five-stars and two four-star prospects there. Yep, and, and to your point earlier, too, I mean, obviously offensive linemen come from all sorts of different places. They're, they're one of the toughest positions to evaluate uh, and, and, and assess, and he obviously being a, a primarily an offensive line prospect in a lot of people's minds could certainly fit into that description, too. So, again, I don't think you read much into the current ranking because, A, he still could rise before National Sign Day. I know at least a, a couple of our guys that, that I've spoken with like what they've seen from him on film. So I don't know what their plans are for him in the rankings, but wouldn't surprise me if he moved up because uh, of what he's shown so far this year. And, and I just think the fact that again, you know, Minnesota, they, they've gone to the South and found some good players, Washington state, you know, coming all the way to Atlanta to offer a guy like this. I, I think there are reasons to think, and, and we'll see, he get more offers down the stretch, but this has the potential to be a, a nice kind of steal in this class. And I, I just, it's a story I've told before and I'll continue telling it because it's, it's a relevant example of what can happen this time of year. I'll never forget in 2012, Tennessee offering an under the radar guy out of South Florida that nobody big had offered at that time named Eddie Jackson. Um, this was in the final weeks, as it turned out of the Derek Dooley era. And people I remember on, on Go Vols 24 sevens checkerboard saying, why is this staff throwing out offers to these guys? Why are they trying to recruit like this when things aren't going well on the field? Two months later, he's got an Alabama and an LSU offer, and he's a top 247 prospect. So you just don't know and, sometimes. And a fantastic NFL player, too. Yeah, <laughs> Eventually. He's, an yeah. All, he's an all pro. Yeah. So, uh, and he turned out to be, a, I mean, you saw the film, and it turned on the film and said, this guy's great. I, I, I'm not saying Amari McNeil is going to be at that level. That's, but, what I, that's what I heard you say. That's what I heard you say. <laughs> but I, but I do think there's a real possibility that he could be a really good player. And I, I think on film, there's no reason to doubt this, this pickup for Tennessee. I, I think this is uh, this is, a, a, I think it's a nice get under the circumstances and, and, and we'll see. I, but I, when I see a guy like this, who's played at a high level in the Atlanta area, uh, I, I give him a chance of succeeding because find me a good player from Atlanta. He's, he's as well-tested as, as a player from anywhere in the country with the, the level of competition there is there. Hey, Ryan, before we go to break, in general, remind everyone what uh, my stance is on two-way linemen. Um, that they end up on the offensive line? I don't know what two your stance way, is. Two, oh, I've said this a billion times over the years. You know this, man. Two-way linemen are offensive linemen. That's, that's my stance. Now, that's generally fair. I mean, yeah, I mean, you know, it's not like it's not like a hundred percent of the time. I mean, you know, you, you see situations throughout the years, like Daniel Hood, right? When he said he wanted to move from offensive line to defensive line, uh, you know, the coaches laughed at him. Malik Jackson, one of his best friends on the team, laughed at him, and he ended up going on and being a pretty serviceable interior defensive lineman. You know, Amari Thomas, a guy who I thought they'd have to move, end up moving to offensive line, uh, maybe for his future because he'd be 
pretty good on the D-line, great on the O-line. He's still on the D-line as a freshman. He's doing okay. You see it go the other way. In general, though, if you're a two-way lineman, you're an offensive lineman. Kind that's of. that's generally not unfair, and and you certainly saw it a lot in the past. You know, Philip Fulmer's staff was notorious for taking defensive tackles and making them offensive linemen if it didn't work out there. So, I mean that that gives you options, and, and this same, staff has same, shown same rule is taken. Same rules every offensive lineman you recruit, most of them, unless you get a pure center, you recruit them as a tackle, and then see if they can play guard if they can't play tackle. Yeah, and, and this is the same. I mean, th- this staff likes versatility. They've shown that over the years. If they, if they are going to sign a receiver, they'd love it to be a receiver who could play in the secondary if it doesn't work out. You know, if they're going to sign a linebacker, they, they'd like it to be a guy who could also play running back or something else. That's just kind of how they, how they operate. Or a linebacker who can play inside and outside. You know, they want to be able to move around parts uh, and, and have backup plans. You don't want to take a guy, aside from maybe a, you know, a quarterback or a kicker or something like that, you don't want to take many players who, if it doesn't work out at one position, you got nowhere else to put them. So uh, it, he fits that description. Certainly, he could play really across the defensive line. I think at six four two eighty, he could he could be that strong side D end. He could he could certainly play inside in four man fronts. You you've got some options there. So uh, in addition to being a possible offensive lineman, he can play almost anywhere on defense too. Uh, n- nothing at all wrong with having a player like that that gives you choices and Tennessee could certainly use those on both sides of the ball and I'll say this before I go to break if if you if if there are a few places on the team if you told me two or three places on the team where you would feel most comfortable taking a chance uh, I would have offensive tackle on that list every single time it might be in fact the first place on my list it would be if you got to take a chance on somebody um, and I'm not saying they are taking a chance on this kid they may love this kid better than everybody else they got what I'm saying is if you're going to take a chance on somebody, offensive tackle is a great place to do it because it is so, so, so hard to find good offensive tackles. It just is. I mean, it, it's it's a it's an incredibly rare set of size and skill and athleticism and, and intelligence and mental toughness, uh, dexterity. There are so many things you have to do to be good there con- con- considering the guys you're having to block every down, especially at the SEC level. Uh, it's hard to find guys there. It just is. And if you got a guy here who you think maybe can do that, more power to you. Yeah, and, and, and I'll tell you what else I like. I like how Amari McNeil fits into what Tennessee already has on both the, the offensive line and defensive line. On the offensive line, this class has a couple bigger guys in, in Jamarian Gooch, who's you know around 340 pounds, 350 pounds, something, something like around six foot eight. I mean, just a big guy. But he's gonna be—he's raw, and he's gonna have to reshape his body a little bit once he gets to Tennessee. Quite, quite a William, bit, yeah, quite a bit. <laughs> yeah, w- William Parker—you know—he's a 325, 330 pound guy. That they like those big maulers, um, but this is more of of kind of what you see a lot these days. More of the athletic type of lineman under 300 pounds, where you can get—you uh, you can take him, add some weight to him, and he's really well put together. And on the defensive line, you know, they've got Isaac Washington, who's maybe built somewhat similarly to, to Amari McNeil. And then you've got Katron Evans, a, a bigger guy around 320. So you, the, he fits in well and complements either position group with what they have in this 2021 class. So I, I, I think it's a nice pickup. And, and you know, again, I, he could play pretty much anywhere, honestly, on the offensive line or defensive line. And, and you take a guy like that 
uh, any day as long as you believe in the ability, and I, I think Tennessee clearly does. And I think there's a lot more to discuss uh, about this young man, uh, about Tennessee's newest commitment, three-star offensive tackle or perhaps defensive line prospect Amari McNeil from Peachtree Ridge High School in Atlanta, in the Atlanta area of Georgia, a place that Tennessee fans should know well, has produced a couple of Vols in recent years, and also where Anthony Sessions, former Tennessee uh, weak side linebacker extraordinaire is on the staff there. So lots of lots of connections for Tennessee there to Peachtree Ridge. Uh, but we got more to discuss about Amari McNeil, about Tennessee's uh, recruiting class on the line of scrimmage, Tennessee's recruiting class in general, how things are going to fit going into the early signing period. There's a lot of things to discuss in a very short amount of time. So we're going to get to that as quickly as we can. Before that, though, we got to go take a break. Hashtag ad... Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Welcome back to the Go Balls 24-7 podcast brought to you by whatever products, services, and in-house ads you just heard a moment ago. During that commercial break, West Rucker coming to you from Fort Rucker Studio. Ryan Callahan coming to you from uh, across town there in his uh, clown car full of children, home daycare center. Uh, Talking Tennessee's newest commitment, Amari McNeil, three-star offensive line prospect from the Atlanta area down there at Peachtree Ridge High School in Sewanee, Georgia. Of course, everything down there is peach or peachtree related. Just how it is in that area. Got a ton to discuss about Tennessee's class. Before that, though, really quickly, guys, I'll go through this quicker than usual. Please, please, please take a minute out of your time. Go in there and rate and review and subscribe to this podcast, whether you hear it on uh, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeart, TuneIn, Stitcher, Wherever you can catch a fine pod, cast a fine pod, you can find the Go Boss 24-7 podcast. We do this for free. We're happy to do it. It's labor of love. But the one thing we're going to ask is if you could go in there and do that, that would be great. That helps us uh, find more, helps grow the show even more. The numbers are going up every single week. I'm telling you, it looks fantastic. Um, but the one thing we need that we don't have enough of right now is the ratings and reviewings because I can see how many people are listening, and I'd like to see the ratings and reviewings sort of you know match that in terms of 
proportionality there, if that's a word. I'd, I'd like to see that get a little bit better uh, because that helps us move this thing forward. Uh, and who knows, it might help you win a giveaway later, hint, hint. So lots of good stuff going on there. Uh, also, GoVols247.com, tons of stuff we got on there all the time. We'll talk about that at the end of the episode. But so many reasons for less than one mediocre lunch per month. You can go in there and get all that, plus CBS All Access, plus all kinds of stuff. So go check that out. Ryan, Amari McNeil now, uh, I hesitate to even give a number on what this is for Tennessee's recruiting class. Let's say ballpark around 25 still. Um, because you never know; these things are kind of they get they get really fluid as early signing period is is drawing near here. Um, Going to be maybe some movement both ways. I think this class right now will not be exactly what it looks like on early signing day. It will not be exactly what it looks like in February. We'll talk about that in a second. But what do you think this this means for Tennessee recruiting on both sides of the line of scrimmage uh, up front in this class? Well, what do you think Amari McNeil means in terms of sort of numbers and where they go from here on both sides of the line? Yeah, that, they've they've got some uh, some work to do. I think is still how they would view it. Uh, they, uh, as, as we'll discuss in a minute, they they parted ways with a guy who maybe could have fit into their defensive line plans and Daryl Jackson on Monday morning. So now they're they're back at three defensive line commitments. If he ends up on the D line, if he's on offense, that puts them at four, which is probably the ideal number they would sign in this class. Um, but you know, again, his, his flexibility. And if he does truly play on defense, you, you'd maybe still continue searching for offensive linemen. We know they've continued to go after at least a few there. So I, I wouldn't say they're done at either position after this, but this certainly puts them one step closer to, to filling their needs. Uh, and again, this year's seniors coming back, it gives them the option of, of coming up short at, at one or both of those spots if they really need to, because they're, they're not going to be that challenged for depth probably next year. You can always add transfers too. That's a real possibility this year with the one-time transfer exception. So that they're going to have options, but uh, I, I think they would still ideally like to add another defensive lineman or two uh, if they can get guys they like. And then uh, on the offensive line still might not be done yet there either. So they're, uh, they still interesting. We're in December, still talking about this, but there are 25 commitments, still recruiting a bunch of guys, and still have have things they would like to address. Uh, as you know, we're just a, a little more than a week away from early signing day, and that's still the case. Yeah, and I, I think you know, let's be realistic about this. I mean, I, I think you know, I and I, I've been on record saying this. There, there are people out there, Ryan, and you're clearly one of them, if not at the top of the list. People who know more. Um, you know, the intricate details of recruiting and the machinery of recruiting uh, than, than I do. But, but I, I can tell you that just looking at this from a pure common sense perspective, let's, you don't have to be a, you know, a, a recruit freak or a recruit Nick, whatever you want to call yourselves, to understand this. Tennessee right now has 25 commitments. Tennessee still has needs that it needs to address. Tennessee also is going into a fourth season for Jeremy Pruitt uh, that is going to be a very, very crucial season, and the Vols need instant impact at some positions, and there are going to be a ton of players, more than usual, I would imagine, on the transfer market. Plus, if the NCAA passes that rule allowing one-time free transfers, Katie bar the door, a a lot of guys can go in a lot of different directions. My point being this – I have said this for weeks and weeks and weeks. Tennessee has got some players in this signing class or recruiting class right now, this group of commitments, who I don't think will end up being in the final class, and I don't know that they should be because I I look at this and I see – 
I know how many you can add during a regular during a season. I know Tennessee needs to look at the grad transfer market for places like uh, the places that I've mentioned before. Uh, quarterback, we all know. I still think they need to look if the right situation comes up there. Uh, I think we can look at tight end and see that they have a need there. I think we can look at offensive tackle uh, and, and say they're going to have a need there. And if any sort of edge rusher is on the market, they really could use somebody there. So th- they've got four or five areas, and that's not including, like, you know, let's say the right safety gets on the market or the right inside linebacker to put next to Toa Toa. You know, the, white, the right wide receiver, if we're being honest, you know, especially if, if, as we imagine he will, Josh Palmer does end up turning pro and not coming back for a second senior season. Bottom line here, Tennessee is going to need transfer players in this class, in my opinion, to give Pruitt and his staff a better chance of being around for a fifth season. That's just where things are right now. So in order to make that happen, can't we see the obvious here? Doesn't it seem like Tennessee is going to sign not as many players as we think here in December and that this class might look a lot different by the time it's all done? Yeah, I, I, I think that's that's the the plan, and we're seeing that kind of start to fall into place, you know, again with, with Daryl Jackson's uh, announcement that he's no longer part of Tennessee's class uh, as of Monday morning. Uh, that the, you know, the writing had sort of been on the wall with that one for a while. Uh, I think there still could be at least a few others uh, who end up parting ways with Tennessee, either either leading up to the early signing period, or you know maybe they they uh, you know not all of these guys in Tennessee's class are necessarily locked into signing in December. Some may choose to wait until February, and 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 then you you once you get past the early signing period, you never know how things are going to play out. So I, I do think the number that Tennessee signs. Uh, next week is, is probably going to be below 25 at, at the very least. And then we'll see, you know, beyond that, they, they, they certainly could still add some guys. They're still battling for some players. Uh, you know, Nyland green, the top 100 cornerback he's announcing tomorrow. Georgia looks like maybe the favorite there going into that one as of right now, but Tennessee, because, because of course, because of course. Yeah. Um, but the, you know, Clemson, Tennessee also still, still in that one. So we'll, we'll see where that one goes, but you know, there are guys like that out there that if they win some battles down the stretch, they could end up maybe closer to, to where, where they are right now than, than what we're thinking. Uh, but I, I do think they're, they're likely to part ways with, with uh, you know, probably a few guys, maybe more uh, down the stretch. And that's, that, that's going to be different for Tennessee. Uh, it, they may not have as much of a splash uh, down the stretch as they often would have. But like you said, the plus side to that is they're going to have flexibility. I, I think that's what they want to have in this class, to be able to go out and get some guys in the transfer market who can help them next year address some positions that, that need to be filled with more immediate help. And, and let's face it to, to make up for a year where the on-field product has probably hurt your ability to go out and win some big time battles yes. down the stretch. Yes. Yes. This yes. Is, Every single season is its own season. Every class is yeah. its own thing. And, and normally Ryan, I'm, I'm a guy who says, I don't now Juco guys. I understand why you take them grad transfer guys. I understand why you take them. Normally I would much rather have my own guys and I would rather build them build a team the classic way with players you can have for four to five years. That's what I would rather have. But I think you have to look at every situation as its own thing. And right now, if I'm Tennessee, and this is just me, Ryan, so feel free to say, Wes, you're an idiot. You know, Pat has no problem with that. I hope you won't either. I I, I think there are maybe 10 guys in this class right now of these 25. There are about 10 guys who I would say, you know what, no matter what you got to do, 
keep these kids in the class because there are positions where you desperately need some help and they're good enough players where, you know, not just upside, but, but the caliber of player they could be pretty quickly within a year or two. You need them in your program. Other than those 10, right now, if I'm those guys, I'm thinking, man, I need to be better next season. And if I need to go look at another JUCO guy, if I need to go look at a couple more grad transfers, I got to put a better product on the field next season. And then if I win with those guys, then I can go and go get more of those other players that I would like to have, the four- and five-year guys. But right now, in order to do that, uh, you, you got to win You got to win more next season. And I think you got to look at some guys who can help you in the next year or two. Yeah, well, and, and it's and it's not just that too. I mean, part of it's just the way this class has come together. I think Tennessee, you know, w- when you look at guys that end up parting ways with schools down the stretch, it's often early commitments who didn't work out over the long haul because you know maybe their junior and senior seasons or senior season didn't go as well as you expected uh, because of an injury. Uh, you know, a player maybe didn't have a great senior season uh, coming off a, a previous injury or something. You know, there, there are always different situations like that. So in this case, I think, I think Tennessee has, has taken some guys and most of this class, let's face it, was filled by April. Um, they had a lot of this class really done by early May or so. Um, so they, they haven't had to add a lot in the, in the past six months. And so they've had a lot of time to sit around and look at these same guys, uh, but they haven't even had much film until this fall um, to really evaluate because of no summer camps, no spring evaluation period. So that's just sort of pushed back everything. I thought it might happen sooner, but now we've gotten to the end of end of some player seasons. They finally have a better feel for, I think, who they who they really need to keep in this class. And I I'd say there are more than ten that I think are are more important to the to Tennessee's future than 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 you might have indicated there. But I do think no, this sure. Class I, has I, I'm saying ten or so that I would just really yeah the, the, ten guys who I think are good enough about ten who are good enough to where if I had to feel like I had to go replace them at this stage with a similar high school prospect, I don't know if I could do that. Yeah. And that's, that's fair. And, and they've, you know, again, there's some immediate impact guys in this class, Tyon Evans, the junior college running back, Correct. Uh, you know, Dylan Brooks had the chance to help pretty early in his career as an edge rusher, Caden Salter. We've talked about it. Obviously could be in the mix to be a day one hey, starter. Cayman Mar- Cayman Marley's the guy who could step in and help them in the secondary. Maybe. So, somewhere he, you know, he's a, and an, again, another versatile guy that the staff likes uh, to have those options. that could play linebacker, safety, even receiver, H back. You know, they could do a f- handful of things with him. So, and, and anybody yeah. who plays tight end has a chance to come in and help you immediately. Absolutely. And I was gonna say, that's the position they're maybe addressing with immediate impact guys as much as anything. So yeah, there are clearly some guys in this class they need and, and some good depth at other positions that, that's going to help out quite a bit. But yeah, to, to your point, you know, that they're, they're, they're needing to fill, some spots that with some immediate needs, you know, you lose Demarius McGee recently, top 100 cornerback. They're maybe not going to get back, him back in the class, or at least it's not trending that way as of right now. LSU looks like maybe the favorite there leading up to his announcement next week. So if you don't get him, is it going to be easy to replace a top 100 cornerback at this point? Probably not. So the better option might be seeing what's out there in the transfer market. If you want to take yeah. another cornerback this year, maybe it's someone who can step in and, and give you some, some immediate. I can think right a lot there. of I can think a lot of guys across the country who would love the opportunity to come in for a year or two and, and be a starter at the SEC level in the secondary, and are good yep. enough to do and, it. And regardless of what happens with Bryce Thompson, Alante Taylor, you know, some someone like that, you could you could use a third guy there to to, to help out. So whether they get Nylon Green, whether they get back Demarius McGee somehow, whether they get somebody else, you know, there, there's that's one example. But to your point, you know, edge rusher 
quarterback, all those different positions, you can get some immediate help there in the transfer market maybe. So I think that's the, the idea is free up some space, give yourself some options, and, and they're still going to see who they can land down the stretch leading up to sign day in February. But I think the uh, now that uh, Amari McNeil is is in the boat for Tennessee, I, I think you know some of the bigger news that might happen down the stretch, and, and we'll see. Again, things could change quite a bit over the next nine days, but some of the the remaining news between now and next week might be guys parting ways with Tennessee, not so much guys that they add to this class as they as they look to get the numbers sort of where they want. Uh, going into sign day in February. But that necess- that won't necessarily be bad news, and I think people need to know that yep. on the front end because if I'm telling you that on the front end, you can say, listen, at least they told us on the front end, you know, it's not like we're trying to cover anyone's tracks. I'm saying, listen, if I were them, this is what I would do. So that's that doesn't mean I'm right because I'm wrong a hell of a lot, but if I were them, that's what I would be doing right now. And, and, and also, this is not to say that Tennessee won't lose somebody it doesn't want to lose. That's Correct. always possible. Correct. But right now, it does look like they are in good shape with most of the guys that they would like to hold on to. So even though I know there was some concern after Demarius McGee, after Terrence Lewis, those guys decommitted, it doesn't look like they're likely to lose any anyone else. May, you know, we'll, we'll see if that changes, but it doesn't look like that's going to be the start of a mass exodus of guys Tennessee doesn't want to lose. I think most of the most, if not all, of the upcoming attrition you're going to see is, is going to be mostly by Tennessee's choice, I think. So you're, you're going to see uh, Tennessee mostly getting its numbers where they want and, and not Tennessee's class falling apart at the seams. And that's pretty good news considering how that could have gone with Tennessee having a two and six season. It, it could have been uh, a, a tough, tough situation. And so far it looks like, you know, as long as they hold on to, you know, guys like Dylan Brooks have indicated so far they're solid. If that stays the same, that's a big win for Tennessee to kind of hold most of this class together and there's still an outside chance they get back a guy like Terrence Lewis. So we'll, we'll see how that plays out down the stretch. I think that's a good place to leave it, Ryan, unless you got anything else. That's uh no, that, that works for me. Uh, uh, looking forward to having plenty more to discuss over the next, uh, over the next nine days, no matter how this plays yeah, out. Yeah, There will be a lot of recruiting podcasts uh, in the next, in the next few weeks. I think we know that we know that pretty well by now, Ryan. Thanks for the time, man. Absolutely. Thanks Wes. And thank you all for listening out there. We really appreciate it. We always do, guys. Thanks for listening. I know my voice is a little, uh, maybe a little off today. Got a little bit of a migraine situation working through for a couple days, but it's okay. Part of it. No big deal. Playing through it. It's all good. Uh, you can find me on social media. I'm Wes Rucker 24-7 on Twitter. Ryan Callahan is Ryan Callahan 24-7 on Twitter. Patrick Brown's P. Brown 24-7 on Twitter. Grant Ramey is Grant Ramey on Twitter. If you want just Tennessee news, nothing else, you can get that at twitter.com slash govals 24-7, which is all of alls all the time. You can also go to facebook.com slash govals 24-7, which is updated throughout the day. Uh, is not 100% Vols related, but uh, it is 100% things that we think Vols fans would be interested in so lots of good stuff there but if you want the the best source just that east tennessee smoky mountain spring water just right from the tap go get that at govals247.com the best site on all of al gore's internets to get coverage of tennessee football football recruiting basketball basketball recruiting baseball also lady vols coverage where maria cornelius does an excellent job covering all things lady vols for us all the time got a couple forums open 24 7 that'd be the checkerboard for men's sports and off topic and that would be the appropriately named summit for women's sports and off topic and i'm telling you with our different schedules guys we call it 24 7 for a reason just about every time of day no matter where you are what you could be across the world and i bet if you got a question one of us is going to be up and is going to be able to answer that question for you we have an army and we are not afraid to use it and that's that's what we're here for is to bring you the best tennessee coverage anywhere 
and we do that for less than the price of one mediocre lunch per month. It's so hard to get a good deal right now, uh, but we give you a good one there. And if you pay us full price already, if you're not doing a trial or one of the special promos, if you already pay us full price already and you're a member, go ahead and click on the link that we send you and go be a member of CBS All Access. We give you that for free in perpetuity as long as you're a full-paying member with us at GoBoss 24-7. That gives you everything in CBS's streaming catalog. That gives you every show ever done by CBS commercial-free. Tons of good stuff and some exclusive shows that are only on CBS All Access. Uh, also got new movies that are in there every month. Got some old holiday favorites in there now that my wife and I have been enjoying. Uh, you've got live sports, obviously lots of all sports, Tennessee football, Tennessee basketball. Uh, you've also got NFL football, NCAA basketball, uh, March Madness, NCAA tournament, other SEC football games. World Series of Poker stuff, UEFA Champions League, which the good teams are in, UEFA Europa League, which Arsenal is in because Arsenal sucks out loud right now. But all of that, all of that, you get for free. That's a $100 plus annual value that we will give you for free. You cannot beat that deal. For the holidays, guys, if you got a Tennessee fan in your life and you don't know what to get them, you haven't seen them in a while, but you know they love the Vols, give them a subscription to Go Vols 24-7 for a really, really cheap rate. And if you do that, get the CBS All Access. That's a two-in-one deal there, guys. Uh, if nothing else, you should hear from us uh, by Thursday at the latest. I would guess you'll hear from us before then because we'll do a basketball episode because that season starts Tuesday night. Knock on wood. Wear your masks. Socially distance. Be good to each other. We'll see you uh, probably before Thursday, guys. See you. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.